You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to the Droidcast. This is Roger coming to you on Tuesday, the 28th of February. And of course, same as usual, I've got Tristan with me. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Great. How are you doing? I am doing pretty damn good. I literally, as I was just telling you off air there, figured out how to show your guild chat channel while you are in space combat. I was talking to somebody today on Twitter and they were saying that you just have to hit enter and then it'll show. And that's kind of what it is, but what I found is that if you just hit enter, it's going to be as if you can type. So it momentarily shows up, but um, you can also bring your, your mouse up. If you do it at the very start, it's not that bad. And just select for it to show kind of thing if it's not showing. And uh, like I would type something in guild chat, like just test or I'm still here. Don't ignore me. <laughs> and so you can continue at that point to read your guild chat thing. And it's actually not that annoying unless you have a guild, a very large guild that has really, really chatty Cathy's that are posting a lot. Um, it doesn't detract from the space combat I found at all. So I'm so happy for that because beforehand you would lose chat completely because by default it just doesn't show up. And then to make it worse, the... Um, when you, by the time you're done your space combat and you go back, you can't just scroll back through whatever was said in case somebody did want to talk to you or whatever, because by then it's disappeared also. So I I didn't test it. You may be able to just bring your cursor up and, and show the, because uh, the, there's a little toggle arrow, arrow um, without even having to type anything. I didn't test that, but anyways, it worked for me. So that is awesome. So if anybody else was kind of ticked off about that, well, there you go. So let's get into the news of the week, actually, because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll start with patch 1.1.5 because we got some some interesting things that are coming through in that. And um, the um, there, there's some of it that's just quirky and and still useful, like the random role is finally in the game. But in wanting to, you know, still hat tip to the RPGers and the old D&D players, tabletop games and whatnot, you can actually do a dice roll as well, which is kind of nice. But this is especially handy for people who do the um, like master loot in ops and whatnot so that they can then send the gear out to whoever wins a roll. So this is uh, about time something like that goes in there. And But one of the more interesting things that is going to be in there for a limited time are these high-end, high-level black-yellow color crystals. A lot of people love those pre-order, the, the pre-order crystal because of the color. However, it's useless very fast. Well, they're putting in a vendor on Nar Shaddaa that is going to be selling a bunch of these um, crystals and so that you can finally use them on higher level characters whether it is a level 47 or a level 50 and these are actually really really nice crystals yeah they do cost quite a bit for them oh yeah but it's nice being able to keep that really cool look because after like level 15 20 it's already 
terrible compared to everything else. Not even that high, really, to be honest. You, you can replace it a lot sooner than that. Um, the It's also on the Imperial and Republic yeah. fleet, too. Yeah. The... Um, the uh, crystals in question are going to be for crit, power, endurance, and expertise. The level 47 ones give you plus one to either of those stats, and those suckers sell for 100,000. And then for 250,000, you can purchase the level 50 ones that give you plus 41. So once again, you're looking at plus crit, power, endurance, or expertise. They're very, very nice, but like you were saying, two fairly expensive i don't know anybody who's going to waste money unless you got a ton of money to spare on the level 47 ones just save up and buy the level 50 ones because again you're going to be leveling from 47 to 50 actually fairly fast all things considered you can get there fairly fast yeah it's a hundred fifty thousand more though yeah Still, still, you're getting something that you're going to be able to use for quite a while. And uh, those, though, like I said, are only going to be in for a limited time, they've said. They are, they're actually doing a different things that they'd hinted about before where they'd be putting in things for a limited time. And then basically, if you bought it, great. If you didn't, well, you didn't. Also, what's going to be happening is that in patch 1.2, Artifice is going to be getting a very nice boost. Now, apparently all of the professions are getting a boost, but Artifice especially is going to be getting a nice boost. So it stands to reason that the crystals that they're going to be able to produce, actually, I should say we, because I'm I'm one now and I'm loving it so far, actually, for leveling my Sith Warrior. It's been fantastic so far, but uh, apparently it's going to actually be fairly cool for us at uh, level 50 now finally yeah and i heard that there are actually new colors that only artifice isn't there uh that i don't know because that, that would be cool I having agree. a special color that not everyone can have yeah well that's one of the things with uh, most of the professions they have things that are only for that profession now that being said though what i've read from them is they're trying to get away from that so that Basically, everything they can make can go to, can be sold on the Galactic Trade Network or traded. So there's no real benefit, per se, of being any one profession. And part of that is just also because they want to deter people from everyone going biochem and cybertech. So this way here, at least, people are more apt to try a variety of professions. Case in point, myself and you as well on our alts, we tend to try all the professions, which, like my Synthweaver at level 50 is pretty well useless for the most part but knowing that it will be fixed and that there will be some level 50 um level 50 craftable gear that's going to be coming into the game that will rival the stuff that you can get in higher level you know not Even probably PvP. not alts but uh, i believe pvp perhaps so they haven't really said exactly what it's going to be but that I'm I'm looking forward to that. That'll be nice. Back to crystals too. They're actually taking off the some of the light dark requirements too. Right. So that I actually hadn't read. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. And it's nice because of the things like you're making the artifice, but you'd give it to me, then I'd have to give it back because I have to. Oh be yeah. Bitter. Yeah. The light and dark nice. side. Yeah. That, that is a little annoying at times. Um, what else we got here? We also got a price drop 
albeit it may very well be only temporarily as well. Yeah, it is temporary until 1.2 for the high-end speeder models. So apparently they've knocked off for most of them. They've knocked them down by 500,000. So they are the ones that were 1.5 mil are now only one, <laughs> only 1 million. And um, so that too is going to be until game update 1.2 um there's gonna be a lot of people broke by the time 1.2 comes out between those crystals and splurging on speeders a lot of people are going to be broke but that's not a bad thing because right now a lot of people have a ton of money far too much money yeah they also put in the cool new speeders for the republic and imperial fleet yeah yeah and look cool apparently there's going to be more of those coming through as well so that's actually something to look forward to uh what else we got here a vendor that sells a variety of unavailable endgame crystals has been added temporarily to the fleet and what did we oh yeah that's where the uh principal lead des combat designer was talking as well that there are going to be some quote-unquote goodies coming through for artifice uh just reading through here and artifice is going to be again a worthwhile endgame profession so that's good to hear when asked if these changes will require Artifice 400, and this is what you were just talking about, he said, no, we're actually moving away from that. Most craft crafted items in the upcoming game update 1.2 will be freely tradable. So once again, that's coming right from the principal lead design, George Zuella. What's that? Which is really nice being able to use some of those nice... Artifice things that are coming out. Well, not just artifice, but uh, any of those. It's going to be nice because a lot more people are at a point now where they are experimenting with alts more and not just sticking with one. Because by now, most people, if they only stuck with one, they've reached their 50. And some of them have gotten bored, and that's where they're now playing the alts and enjoying those characters. So you want to be able to send whatever you can make from your main down to all of those alts so that they can make good use of it. Plus, you also want to be able to play on the Galactic Trade Network and make some trades and make some money as well. Uh, Otherwise, we got the portable hollow dancer. Once again, will correctly display an actual hollow dancer instead of a Twi'lek following you around that doesn't yeah, even dance. It's a <laughs> dancer now, but she's not even dancing. It's a portable Twi'lek. It's a Twi'lek in a jar that you in a can. You open it up, and there she is. She follows you around for a while, doesn't really dance, say anything, and then she disappears. So it's but actually the, if you have the augment droid and her and your companion and your mini pet at the same time so you could have your own army they don't do anything around <laughs> yeah. no but they're all cool looking so yeah, all right all right uh also light and dark side requirements present on some color crystals like you said have been removed and then also they added a shader complexity preference which supports very low and that is of course for anybody who has a low-end system so it the game won't look nearly as good of course but you'll be able to run it without as many frame rate problems so that's actually very good that's actually going to be very handy as well if you are doing like myself as of late and you've got a vnc application set up on your computer and you telemark you you ugh, you VNC in virtually and use, say, an iPad or something like that. I've been using Splashtop has become my favorite as of late. And so I've been using Splashtop and dropping the settings and whatnot. And then I do all of my crew skills from my iPad. And it's fantastic. You can just have just the little device in your hands and you can use it from anywhere if you've got the 3G one or you can just use it 
from wireless hotspots, like if a cafe shop even that has a, a wireless router, you could be there sipping your coffee and still sending your crew to do some skills. So it's pretty awesome. Okay, let's move from the patch now to the developer developer Q&A that happened because we got some very interesting information from that as well. Um, one of the things that they talked about, just to go through the list here and just briefly touch on the, the different things, the they are fixing some of the animations and timings for Republic characters, and that's coming in 1.2 because there's still some that are off, so they're, they're going to be working on that. Now, the next one is one that a lot of people have been talking about, and I'm very happy to hear this. Go ahead. Faster travel through spaceports and shuttles directly to some planets. Like the plants that you have to walk from your ship to the spaceport, then through the spaceport to the planet, then you can start. You can have a chance to either go to the spaceport or directly to the planet. Yeah, so any of those planets that have orbital spaceports that are that in-between spot that that's a, such a pain in the ass when you got to go from your ship and then through the um, like the airlock and then you got to run through all the airlock because they won't let you mount up run through all the airlock then you get to the orbital planet from the orbital planet you have to run all the way to the shuttle that'll take you down to the planet. Then you get down to the planet and then run through the spaceport once you're on the planet to finally then get to the planet that you can do stuff. It's ridiculous. It's an insane it amount of stupidity. I, I know that they want to immerse you in the game, but they're forgetting that immersion in the game is you want immersion to occur when it's interesting. When what you're doing is very interesting, when it's a menial task, like having to, tran to, 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 to transport all over the place, you don't need that level of immersion. It's a waste of time. Yeah, like for running across the entire world, like for Belsavis, if you have to go across the place, it's nice because you see all these really cool things, but just through the same place every time in between all the different things it gets annoying after a while well case in point too like what you were saying for balsavis say not only is are you experiencing the world and how how beautiful it is and things like that you are also finding quests along the way in some cases you're also interacting with um in some cases, other players, you are interacting as well with NPCs around you. You are sometimes getting into fights where you got to dig your way out of it. It makes sense there. It's not, you know, I, I would still like something that's even more streamlined there, but it still at least makes sense. They may want to consider at some point allowing level 50s to have a special quote-unquote ability or... Um, um, little shuttle that they can buy or speeder i should say that they can buy wherein you don't get dismounted because by the time you're level 50 in the same way that let's use wow as an example world of warcraft you can get your your flying mounts so that you can just fly over the zone once you've spent enough time on it because the devs understand okay you've done it all now you don't need to worry about we don't have to force you to see continue to see it it would be nice if that kind of thing were in this so that Again, I've already been through that zone so many times. I don't want to be stopped. I don't want to be dismounted. I just want to get through fast to get through to whether it's my dailies or whatever. So it'd be nice if they introduced something like that. But anyways, going back to this now, what they are saying is that they are looking at 
maybe allowing you to use from those planets that have the orbital space stations a direct shuttle from the planet to your ship. Now, they don't want to open up shuttle to ship for everywhere. They've point blank said that that is something that they don't want to do. They are talking about uh, some other options for your ships, but we'll get into that later. Uh, what else we got? We got the looking for group tool that is incoming. They understand that that's important. They want to foster that level of community and doing the the flashpoints with other people in the ops. So that is something that's going to be coming. Uh, what else? Legacy oh, too. Yes, legacy. The legacy. <laughs> I am so excited for this. Okay, go ahead. It's fun just running around and doing emotions to people, but with the legacy, when you get high enough, they're new emotions that you can get i don't know how if it's level or you get them with it sounds like level yeah. or something but one of them is you start dancing then your companion starts dancing with you that's something actually people have been talking about for quite a while they would like their companions to dance instead of just looking at their them when, <laughs> when they're dancing as if there's some kind of weird person why are you dancing there's nothing to dance about i would totally dance with blizz around <laughs> so much or the robot okay we also got some information on crew crafting skills okay now i'm going to read you the question that was uh posed here and it was from true dnd who asked currently the incentive to choose other crew crafting skills outside of biochem is minimal due to the fact that once you reach max level all gear that is required through pve and pvp is better than all crafted equipment and mods mostly through the accommodations and token vendors is this being looked into now this is something that we talked about earlier in the confirmation of course from george zeller was absolutely with the upcoming game update 1.2 we are adding end game crafting for all professions this includes augment crafting the ability to crit craft custom orange gear with augment slots oh that is so awesome new end game schematics new color crystals expanded and improved research and reverse engineering and much more. He says, we're up to four pages of crew skill related patch notes in 1.2 alone. Combined with new features such as the ability to extract base mods from purple items, including the set bonus and the improved color matching feature, thank God for that too, crafters of all professions will find themselves in a lot of demand once the update hits. That's got me in all honesty, I'm so happy with everything else, but this is what is really impressing me the most because I adore the crafting system. I'm just so disappointed in the end result in most of them. And so this has got me so excited. I'm not really, I don't really have any cool gear that I can make yet. For the heavy armor, for the armor tech, there is a cool Banty Hunter suit, but... Other than that, I'm really not. Well, that you haven't. Crazy. Yeah, you, you haven't leveled yours up that high. That's why. So yeah. that's unfortunately you've concentrated more on other stuff versus your your crafting as much. Whereas I've concentrated heavily on my crafting because 
I finally found a, cra a crafting system that I really, really love. And this is something that I've talked about on my other gaming podcast for The Lore with Vince and Joe. In most games, we'll talk about crafting, and especially in MMOs, we'll talk about crafting. And for the most part, I abhor crafting in MMOs. It's... It's just such a chore. It's ridiculous. Whereas with this, I actually enjoy it and it adds such a layer of depth to the game. Now, even with synth weaving, it did come in handy in some regards. Um, it's just that, again, it's so disappointing that you've spent so much money to get to the end, that level 400, and to acquire pieces only to see that it still pales in comparison to what you can get very easily through dailies and through commendations. So I'm so looking forward to seeing what we can expect from this. And if the rumors were any indication and in what they were saying as well, that that update 1.2 is not that far off. We're looking in March when that's going to drop, hopefully. So what else? We got some talk about mini games, but they were saying that that is probably something that we would see in an expansion more so than just a game update. But what I loved, and this is I've read a lot of people talking about this too, is that they want to see Pazak as a mini game. Now, I, have you even come across Pazak yet, Tristan? Do you know what that is? I know what that is, and I've spent actually hours playing that for Knights of the Republic. Oh, okay. All right, good. So, yeah, Pazak, if you don't know it, is, well, it's basically a card game. Um, think Star Wars poker, essentially, kind of thing. And um, it's, it's, it's more done in cinematics between characters you see uh you see it several times in the smuggler quest line which is very cool i really enjoyed those little those little bits it was funny and a lot of people have said they would love to see that as a mini game and i agree i think it would be so unbearably awesome if instead of doing a um a flashpoint or an operation one night you you know Thursday nights are Pazak nights. You get your guild together and you all sit around a table and you play Pazak together the same as you would, say, sit around a poker table and play poker. But a virtual game of Pazak where you can actually bet in-game credits against each other. And sit around, granted there's no voice communication in the game, but you could have Vint vent or, or, or whatever running so that you can just shoot the breeze with each other while playing cards. Oh my god, that would be unbearably awesome. Yeah, I've played Pazak and on the first planet for Knights of the Old Republic, my two favorite things that I played hours for were Pazak and the Dueling Championship where you come in as they call you the mysterious stranger and you duel someone else and after you beat them you can duel the next and it's just better and better and better until the end you have a death match against a mandalorian person yeah, so i did that one i did that but i didn't do i didn't get far enough into the game for pazak though unfortunately but uh that's before oh then i just think the it's it in then. the same room you could walk across ah. then duel, then walk back and play pazak okay see i didn't play that then yeah so oh man they this would be they've got to get on that that would be unbelievable especially if they could set it up that you were in your own kind of um virtual 
like a, an instance room kind of thing so that you could just sit down with whoever is in your group or your op to get into that room and make it look like a room like in um, a casino room in Narshada kind of thing. And you've got those hollow dancers and you got a bar and things like that. And maybe even a server so that you can buy virtual drinks kind of thing. It would be phenomenal for people who love RPing in the game as well, which there's a lot of people who are really digging the role playing in this game I've been seeing, which is, I applaud them. I think that's fantastic. And, and very soon we're going to have a couple of people on to discuss that on the show as well. But yeah, so we've spent more time talking about this now than the crafting. But yeah, Pazak, make it happen, guys. And you actually see it along the game, not only in the smuggler thing, but in other at the too. tables where people are playing the card game. That's probably Pazak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know how you're, yeah. I think it's great, too. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's I, I cannot wait for this to be in the game. They better not wait too long, though, is all I got to say, because there are people that are leaving the guild or the, the game, and I'm not saying that, you know, a minigame of Pazak would hold them, but if done properly, it could be something that would be so, so much fun. Okay, moving on. Uh, again, improved performances for... Uh, low-end machines, we talked about that. They're adding the very low shader, but they're also going to be doing other things to improve performance, they said. The new new uh, loot roll options that they're going to be um, introducing as well, because people were asking whether or not they were going to introduce a, 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 a loot roll option for companion. But what they said instead is that what they want to do is restrict the rolling on items that you can use so that you're not rolling on medium gear when you can only wear heavy and things like that. So they're looking at a way to implement that so that it will be better so that people aren't just ninjaing everything. And then somebody was asking whether or not there'd be additional ships. And I, I like this question. I thought it was a good question. And I would like to see additional ships. But they did explain their thoughts on that. Yeah, because all the story things happen on the ship to make an entire different ship would be crazy amount of work yeah so what they are talking about though is allowing maybe some customization of your ship now they're saying that this is a possibility and certainly not anything anytime soon so actually i'd like to hear what people think about that leave comments in the on the site at the droidcast.com and uh for this uh, the show notes for this this uh, episode i would love to hear your thoughts on what you think about whether or not new ships would be better or how much customization would be enough for your ship or if you're happy with that or if you'd like something way different and more along the lines of housing so that you could not only have your ship, but have an actual apartment or, you know, condo somewhere on Coruscant or Narshada or something like that, where you could also kick your boots up and uh, especially if you're a role player or even just hang weapons that you like there and things like that. Because again, the ships are still limited in what they can do with those spaces. We've seen the ships, we've been inside of them. It's not like there's that, that much space in them. So an actual home where... A, you could be there by yourself and not have your companions unless you say married or are having a romance with one of your characters. He or she can be there, but none of the others. So you'd have that element of privacy as well. And then we had talked with uh, Jason as well about the possibility of romancing and marrying other NPCs, they could be there as well. So let me hear what you guys think about that. I'd, I'd love to hear your comments. You know what else would be cool for that though? What's that? 
being able to put like a cannon on the side of your ship. What the hell do you need a cannon on the side of your ship for? For in like space combat, you can have like a special cannon that locks onto your ship. Have this like. I don't like want a ser- cannon. Yeah, serenity. <laughs> bring yeah. a cannon on this roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it didn't work, if you'll recall. <laughs> it sort of did. No, it didn't. It just kind of looked dangerous. No, he shot. He blew something up with it. Did he really? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's been a little while. I thought that it was just for to show. Be dead, and then one of them started coming too close, and he blows up the ship. Then they're like, run they're after us so he's shooting them to get their attention yeah but i think their- that was yeah. okay anyways whatever we're getting so far off track <laughs> yeah but still wouldn't that be cool though have like a cannon on the side of your ship i could totally see that being cool for the banty under ship really i no. see i wouldn't because i don't want a big freaking cannon sticking out of my imperial agent's sleek ship it looks like it's just this beautiful sleek thing and then have a big old honking cannon sticking out of it i don't want that for the mantis i could see it working though because it's not as like sleek as you say it would be more of a rough ship that people could like mod to their own ways well it will be interesting to see what they they are going to do i would assume that most of the mods will be on the inside not the outside but hell you you never know it's possible that they'll make something happen you can have your own cantina inside cantina what (laughs) have like your own little bar room with one of those robotic have your robot guy bring you drinks that would be a so cantina cool. on your ship i i don't know there's probably some rules against that i'm guessing i don't know but still we can hope yeah you can hope okay let's move on from there hello okay. you've reached a quest line how may i direct your call all right so spoiler alert once again now we are going to do the last imperial one for a little bit so next week definitely republic and then maybe even the week after that, just to make up for it. I don't want everybody thinking that we got favorites. So, but this one here is again for the Imperial Agent. And the reason that I want to do this one is because I currently have two Imperial Agents. I have a Dark Side level 35 Imperial Agent, and I have a Light Side level 22. She just dinged 22. What I've enjoyed is A, the Imperial Agent quest line is insanely awesome point blank oh so far my favorite loving it so much but what i've really enjoyed is playing such polar opposites in terms of light side dark side because what it's allowed me to see are endings to quests that are so completely different so to talk about that we're going to talk about the fall of house cortez now this is on alderaan of course and this is working towards getting your companion vector hillis so vector is a character that has been absorbed into the hive which are the killix which are the bug humanoids that are on that planet now if you do any other questing on the planet you are going to come across the killix you're going to come across a bunch of nobles that want to get rid of them and there's a variety of quests there Vector actually works with them. No, I shouldn't say works. He's part of them. You got to think of essentially, and this is going to be sacrilege, but I'm going to mention it. Think of the Borg in Star Trek, how they're all one mind kind of thing. Essentially, they're all 
kind of put in together. Well, it's that kind of thing, except in a peaceful kind of way. And they're very happy to be assimilated into this hive mind. Again, one of the other quests on the planet has you going to rescue the daughter of a noble who has been taken into this hive. And if you threaten her, she'll come with you. They'll let her go. And I think actually either way, she, 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 she leaves the hive, but under different circumstances, whether they tell her to leave or she leaves because she doesn't want to bring more attention or more of your wrath essentially down on them. But anyways. Yeah, her words were, we'd rather sacrifice the one over the yes. many. Yes, yes, exactly. To keep the hive alive. But yeah. she's so disappointed to have to leave it too. Yeah. So, but with Vector, Vector is a part of, uh, he's essentially an ambassador kind of liaison between the Kilix and the Empire. And then he eventually allows himself to be assimilated into them as a means of being even closer. And then you work with him in order to get more information about what's going on on that planet and to get closer to the, the eagle who is the one who's leading the strike force against the Empire. So you deal with House Cortez and you deal with the Baron and Baroness of House Cortez at various points throughout this quest. And you 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 figure out clues on who's working with who and there's a lot of little espionage thing and backstabbing and, and who's actually funding the Eagle, the Eagle's network and things like that because they're they're they need money and they're getting much of their money from the nobles on Alderaan to fight against the Empire. So all that just to say, you find out eventually by going through various houses until you get to the end of House Wrist and there you fight somebody and you find out, and this is a person who works closely with the Eagle Network, and you find out that this person has been getting insider information and has been getting uh, money from the Baroness of House Cortez. Now, up until then, she's been all nice to you, especially if you are a male, a male Imperial agent. She actually wants to do more than just talk for a little while. And you have the option of romancing her if you want. And if you don't, she's, she's not very happy about it. Um, so anyways, you find out that she is actually double-crossing you and she is funding this terrorist network. So when you go back to confront her at this point, well, before you do that even, you go back to talk to Vector. And at this point he says, the Killix are going to stand behind you. They are ready to do whatever you need them to do. They're essentially your personal army kind of thing. They're going to help you with this. So it's kind of, again, very cool. And at that point too, Vector joins your party as a, a guest. You head back to House Cortez. Now, all of a sudden, whereas before you had to, you because you were a representative of House Thule, which is essentially in stature above House Cortez. So House Cortez is a lower house of House Thule kind of thing. Um, you had certain rights and whatnot, and they regarded you more highly. Now, all of a sudden, they're blocking you from entering House Cortez, plus firing upon you. And that is, of course, because the Baroness knows that you know about her and wants to stop you. So at this point, you have to fight your way through to where the Baron and Baroness are. Now, at that point, 
the Baron is apologizing to you. First, actually, he's talking to her, gives her a wicked backhand that sends her falling. How could you bring this down upon our house? It's very obvious that he had no idea about this and that she was working behind his back. So at that point, he approaches you and wants to talk to you and apologizes again. And when you are saying, I want the Baroness, she's a terror, she's supporting terrorists. We can't allow that. He actually gets his guard to shoot her or no, to kill her. He actually stabs her. Yeah. It's a very gripping moment because it's. Again, you're dealing with the complexities of nobility and the also this this battle between the Empire and the Republic and who is going to be supporting the, the nobles on Alderaan and who the nobles would like to be supporting as well. So there's so much going on here. And so then once he kills him, this is where your light side, dark side choice comes up. You have the option of saying... No, she was part of your house. You are all responsible for this. That is, of course, your dark side choice. At that point, the army of Killix is behind you. Vector is saying, we are going to help you. We're here to do whatever you want. And basically, at that point, you are fighting the guard, the baron, as well as other guards that are there. I know that the main guard and the baron are elites, higher level elites. The rest of the guards, I believe, are all regular. Um, so they're fairly easy to take down. And then you have a number of Killicks. Not that that many, but you have a number of Killicks that are also fighting in the fray. If you choose to go that route, it's a confusing fight. There is so much going on everywhere. Everybody's fighting. You're going to spend the majority of your time, if you are DPS or tank, tab targeting and just trying to either get aggro or kill something. And if you're healing, well, it's not as bad because you're working just off of your bars to, uh, of your companions and your whoever's in your group. But it is very frantic. Once you kill the Baron, the guard, and essentially, you know, some of the others at that point. Uh, no, sorry, the Baron does not die. The Baron lives. The guard dies. The Killix at that point say, and Vector says, we are going to, instead of waste those vessels, we are going to join them to the hive. We need more people in the hive. Plus, we're going to use the grounds of the the um, the House Cortez to store our eggs and to expand. So from that point on, all of a sudden, then there's eggs everywhere on the grounds, and the Killicks are everywhere, and basically they've essentially taken over House Cortez. It is really really awesome, very very cool, and it's one of those kind of. I like it because it alters the world for you. So then anytime you go back, the place is full of eggs. And it's it's a killick hive versus anything else. So I, I, I dig that. Whereas if you choose the light side, what happens in the light side is that the killicks still want that land and still want the people. However, you can fight against Vector and tell them that ain't going to happen. The, the person that was a problem is dead. The rest are staying and you are protecting them. At that point, Vector says that he is an imperial agent first or an imperial uh, representative first and a killick second or a joined second, whatever it is. And so his priorities are first with the Empire. And so then 
he actually fights with you and the Baron and the Guard and any other little guards against the Killix that have come to help you. So at that point, you fight all of the Killix, and then there's a great big daddy of a Killick who is a higher level elite, and you got to take him down as well. From that point onward, the Baron is in your debt, and he is very happy to be alive. Vector, unfortunately, cannot go back to the hive. This creates different conversations when you are talking to him later on, especially because if you talk to him later and he is still part of the hive, you get some interesting insights there, whereas otherwise he can't go back to the hive. And it means a lot to him. It depresses him. So from that point, um, the, the, the grounds for the House Cortez, don't have eggs all over them. It's still all the regular people. And again, the Baron's in your debt. Either way, once you're done with the fight, you leave the the house and outside on the grounds, you get a hollow call from Keeper. And the Keeper tells you that You've done good. You've got to leave that planet now and move on to other planets. And talks to Vector and tells Vector, guess what? Your transfer request has gone through. You are now officially a member of Imperial Intelligence and you will be reporting to the Imperial agent yourself. And then from there, you go back to your ship. So as you can see, they are wildly different outcomes and having played them both, I can tell you they were both absolutely awesome. I especially did like, though, the dark side option. It created a very, very cool effect. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Much more frantic as well. Um, you didn't take part in the dark side choice with me, but you did take part in the light side choice with me. You played with me on your bounty hunter, and I was on my, my operative, my healer. And what did you think of it? I thought it was really cool. Hearing about the first one, I was crazy excited because of the evil choice, but the good choice I didn't like as much, but the conversation at the end that you, that you hold with Vector, where he's saying he can't go back, he chose you over the hive, he can't go back after what he's done, even though they're like in his head trying to control them he was fighting with you he was fighting them that was really interesting that last talk with him i think yeah yeah i agree it, it's it's a phenomenal quest the link to it is in the show notes for anybody who wants to read over it like i said it's the fall of house cortez and i again I'm imploring people, if you want to try a class, you have not tried the Imperial Agent yet, but you're thinking, ah, I've already played through another class, I don't want to do the same thing again and again, you're not. Try the Imperial Agent. It is such an amazing storyline for them, and this shows that in spades. Again, I look at some of the other companions that I've gotten, through other classes and some of them being absolutely ridiculous how stupid it is to get them stupid easy or just stupid quest lines and yet i look at this to get your vector and it's just a fantastic quest line that is so involved so much to it it's just 
awesome. And that's not even touching on how they lowered the defenses to get into House Cortez after the Baroness put the shields up. I'm not going to spoil that for you, but it is freaking awesome. It's fantastic. So again, there's so much to it. I, I, I'm telling you, if you haven't tried the Imperial Agent, do it. You will love it. And if you are, if you enjoy playing a sneaky kind of rogue, go operative. I am having a lot more fun playing my operative versus my sniper. Still enjoying my sniper, but there's something to be said about the operative playstyle and having the option of DPSing or healing. Really, really digging it. So with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap for this episode. Thanks to everybody for listening. Of course, you can find the show notes at thedroidcast.com, and we will be back next week. If you have any questions, comments, or submissions, or anything at all, send them to thedroidcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at thedroidcast. So again, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you next week. <laughs>